I invite you now to turn with me to the Scripture reading. We have two of them this morning, one from Matthew, a part of the uh, end of the Beatitudes, and then uh, one from Romans. And I invite you to read along with me as together we share in God's Word. You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment, and if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, You fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. Romans 12, 17, the Apostle Paul writes, Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought of what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. And if they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the Word of God. Thanks be to God. Let us take a moment in prayer. Gracious, loving God, as we move through these commandments, as we move now into the details of some of the commandments after we have looked and seen the proper way of loving God, of honoring God, of knowing God, now, Lord, we, we walk into areas that concern us as individuals. So we pray again, Lord, that the Holy Spirit of God would help us to understand and to take to heart God's Word and our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Long ago, God created the heavens and the earth, and it's, at its completion, God called everything good and named it Eden. But within a short period of time, the residents of Eden, perhaps bored with everything going so well, rejected God's very good design, and in its place, began moving towards the land of shadow and death. It wasn't long before the, the word very good was replaced with the words kill, murder, and it's still a part of our vocabulary. Death and excuses captured the heart of that first family, and by sheer defiance, they found themselves in a place called East of Eden. 
Death and excuses overshadowed God's goodness and in time stretched everywhere across the land, touching everything, nibbling at the edges of everyone's lives. With no final victory in sight until we get to the last book of the Bible, the Revelation, the last chapter, and Jesus says, Behold, I make all things new. And so the long tale of tragedy began, of wars and killing, death and destruction, murder and misery. From that time right up to this morning, not a one of us is able to bypass the land of the shadow of death. Every age, every generation since has known oppression, prejudice, violence, hatred, random killing, and senseless murder. Those who would rather live in the shadow of death are continually trying to drag everyone down into despair by, in, by the endless stream of evil, fornication, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, envy, slander. Every generation has struggled to live without any restraints, without any guidelines, without the Ten Commandments. It was for a world like this that the laws of the Ten Commandments are framed. And so buried deep within each one of us, sometimes forgotten, lost, or broken, we remember that we were created for life. following God's good design, by following and living within the Ten Commandments. Two thousand years ago, God began the world again, not in a garden, but in a stable. When Christ the Messiah was born, chosen, anointed, rescued humanity from death, sadness, and despair, But in the heart of humanity, unable to fit themselves to God, unable to follow the Ten Commandments, God implanted His own life-giving Word, the incarnate Jesus Christ, leading us to freedom over sin. It was here that God set His love, It was a love infinite in compassion and individual in its application. God implanted His own life-giving Word, giving us the grace to repent of our sins and by faith receive forgiveness. God is not some elusive inspirer of good thoughts which have been put into words by fallible man like a hallmark get-well card. God is a person of infinite wisdom 
who has spoken through the human words many times during the course of biblical history. One day appointed and only known to God, the human Jesus, the incarnate Word of God, took on the mantle of the Messiah and proclaimed the kingdom of God as it had been established at the creation. Jesus taught that although humanity still chose to live in the land of the shadow and death, God's design was not death, but life everlasting. The Bible speaks of a living God, a personal God, who is creator and sustainer and king and judge and savior and friend. Jesus taught and lived out how to live with with each other with a goal to eternity. He taught those who would listen. He would taught those who would listen that as God's Messiah, He was good news and that He and He alone had come to give people freedom. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and they who follow me will not walk in darkness. I am the one who gives freedom to those who live east of Eden. Another time he said of himself, I am the good shepherd, and I have come to lay down my life for all the lost sheep. To paraphrase his word, he said, Although you live in the land of the shadow of death, be of good courage, for I have overcome the shadow of death. To those hungry, he said, I am the bread of life, and I will give nourishment to your souls. And he said, I am the true vine, and like the branches in the vine, you will find your life, your life, and sustenance flowing from me, even east of Eden. But those who love darkness, rather than the light of God's love, became angry at his teachings, angry at the the power that he had over death and destruction, disease and despair, and reached out to destroy this new hope that was being shared in the words and deeds of Jesus. As death laughed, the words kill and murder were captured once again in the hearts and minds. Death and darkness laughed as the man whose name promised salvation was dragged through the mockery of a trial, and on his head was not a crown of gold, but of thorn, sharp and cruel. Death laughed as the man's arms were nailed to a wooden beam as they shouted, Crucify him! Kill him! Take that, you carpenter's son, you fraud! 
as his blood was shed. Death and darkness laughed when Jesus said, Forgive them. Death and darkness said, We reclaim our land, the land east of Eden, as they watched his body go limp. And then there was silence as the day turned dark and death took over as it always had before, business as usual. The life-giving commandments of God, lost, broken, or forgotten. Killing was the order of the day. False witnesses and lies overcame the truth. Death was still king, and death was thought always to have the last word. Now cowering for fear of their own death, his few disciples began to hear a soft rumbling sound from the depths of the earth. The rumbling began to get louder and louder. In the midst of darkness and death, something beautiful was being reborn. It grew in intensity and became a sweet sound, ringing with joy, shining joy and gladness. And along with the rumbling, they could hear the sound of 10,000 trumpets and the singing of legions of angels. And there he was right before them as he had promised, as he had foretold, filled with victory, filled with peace and God's eternal glory. And Jesus laughed, a laugh that sparkled such purity, such wonder, such splendor, a laugh filled with goodness and love. In that moment, they felt the chains of death and darkness fall away as their fears melted and their despair turned to wonder and awe. Jesus then explained to them once again about God's original design for all humanity. And from that moment, right up to this very moment, his words, his life, his love, his grace, his mercy, his compassion, his atonement has stood the test of time. He said to them by Holy Spirit, as he says to us by Holy Spirit, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. You are the chosen according to God's initial design. One of my favorite passages in all of Scripture is 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning at verse 9. Listen for God's Word. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
Verse 10 says, Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. From now on, those who die will simply leave this land of death and darkness and will come and live with me because in my Father's house are many rooms, many mansions. And I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. And we, the gathered disciples, the friends of Jesus, the one whose name means salvation, have been given the privilege to tell his story over and over and over again, to live his story and be assured that we are heirs of salvation, reconciling the world through word and deed. You remember back in 2006, a gunman broke into the Amish schoolhouse in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He bound and shot ten Amish children, young girls, before murdering himself. The Amish families were quick to forgive. They were quick to forgive the murderer of their children, even visiting his surviving wife and parents to comfort them. More recently in Charleston, South Carolina, nine murdered during a Bible study. Delflin Roof went into that Bible study and sat for over an hour before he pulled out his weapon and shot and killed, murdered nine innocent individuals. Did you see or read how one after another the relatives of those slain forgave Dalen Roof and encouraged him, begged him to turn to God. Like the Boston bomber, Roof stood unmoved by the words of the mourning survivors, his eyes filled with evil and hate. Consecrated evil met consecrated undeserved forgiveness. And forgiveness has won the victory. Thanks be to God.